get back to business. Uh, before I turn the questioning over to the attorneys, uh, what I want to do is swear you in to make sure that all your answers are under oath. So if you could raise your right hand. Do you swear or affirm under penalty of perjury that you'll truthfully answer all questions about your qualifications to serve as a juror? I do. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask you to pull up to the microphone. Unfortunately, it's not very movable. So, okay. But that's good. I, I was able to pick up your voice. Uh, you filled out a questionnaire, and thank you so much for doing that. That really helps us uh, to explore some topics. And the question I have for you to start with is, was everything true on the questionnaire? Do I have any other question? No. Uh, is it Was it everything on the questionnaire true? Yes. Okay. Do you have, as you sit here right now, do you have any additions or amendments to it? Only I only ask because sometimes you fill out the questionnaire months ago, and in reflection you go, ah, you know, <laughs> could be an opinion changed. Or you, on reflection, think that something's inaccurate. It's fine. In fact, it's encouraged that if it's changed or you need to add or subtract something, feel free to volunteer that. As you sit here right now, is there anything at the top of your mind regarding possible changes? No, but I think one of the things is I fill out the the form three months ago, and right. I don't even remember what I wrote. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. Don't worry. The, the lawyers are really good at reminding you about it. So, so what we're going to do is... As they ask questions, I don't want you to feel like, oh, I think I gave the wrong answer. Right, right. So, you know, feel free to say, you know, that's that's not accurate. You're not going to get in trouble. What we're looking for is just candid, honest, open answers. The questionnaire is just a tool for that. And so your questions or your answers today, uh, feel free to say something different. And they might ask you to explain why. Like, did you forget something or have your opinions evolved? So feel free to offer uh, any information. Now, uh, you're not supposed to read any articles, and I think the questionnaire said, since you are a potential juror, avoid media about the case, about reading about it. Okay. Uh, but we recognize that sometimes, despite your best efforts, you might inadvertently be exposed to a, a headline or a friend brings up, hey, did you hear about, and then give you some substance about the case. Anything since the time you filled out the questionnaire till today Anything like that happen where you've received more information about the case or the process or procedures, the attorneys, the parties, anything? Just some information on the news. Okay. And was it basically, I know there's been a lot on the news about the trial is starting, jury selections and process. Anything beyond that? No. Okay. Now, and we bring that up and you... In your questionnaire, you noted that you do recall some uh, information from media reports about the case, and that's pretty much universal. Yeah. And the question isn't, have you heard about the case, but uh, what have you heard, and can you put that aside? Because if you are on the jury, your job is to be fair and impartial above all, but to decide the case only on the evidence in the courtroom and apply the law that I give to you, and disregard anything you heard outside the courtroom. And it's also okay if you've formed various opinions based on what you've heard, but you also have to put those opinions aside. And some people say I can, some people say I can't. And so that's some of the topics we're going to be exploring today. As you sit here right now, do you think you could put aside what you've heard outside the courtroom, any opinions you've formed, 
and decide the case just on the law and the evidence that you hear in court. I do. Okay, thank you. All right, did you recognize anybody on that long list of witnesses? No. All right. Is there anything about the length of the trial that causes you concern? No. Okay, you think you could serve? Because we're talking about four weeks, probably starting March 29th. Uh, we don't know how long deliberation goes. That's up to the jury. Uh, but you think you could accommodate that? Correct. All right, excellent. Uh, anything else you wanted to ask or know before I turn it over to the attorneys? No. All right, for juror number 27, Mr. Nelson, you may inquire. I think I can officially say good afternoon. <laughs> good afternoon. Thank you for your patience. Sometimes these things take a little bit longer than we anticipate, but I appreciate you being here and uh, for your patience this, after this morning. Uh, Thank you. All right. So what I'm going to do, sir, is I'm going to ask you a series of kind of general questions about yourself, get to try to get to know you a little bit, um, and then I'm going to follow up with some specific questions about some answers you gave in your questionnaire. Okay. I understand that you uh, wrote this and answered these questions quite some time ago. No one's trying to trick you. We just, and if you want to be your, you want your refract, you want your recollection to be refreshed, we will certainly do that. Okay. 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 All right. I forgot. So let me ask you um, this. If you and I were to meet in a social circumstance, party, or some other event, um, what are a few things you would want me to know about you after that conversation? After what conversation? Well, we have a conversation at a party. We meet. We're talking. What do you want me to know about you? My background. Background, what you love, what you hate. You what I do. Me. Yeah. My hobbies. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, background, um, I came in the U.S. over a little over 14 years ago. Went to school in Nebraska, moved to the state, Minnesota, uh, in 2012. And, um, and I'm in IT. Um, I see myself as a uh, technologist. So I was laughing when the judge was having issues with Zoom earlier. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so um, I love technology, so I'm in cloud and security and development, and uh, um, I, I speak multiple languages. I, you know, French is another language that I speak, and um, I'm married. I live uh, with my beautiful wife, and we have a dog. So those are, I love sport, and uh, even though I, I went to school in Nebraska, <laughs> uh, I'm a big golfers fan, and you know I love the Vikings, and you know so some of those things that I, I'll share with you. Good, and I, I'm sorry. Did you say you have a daughter now? No, I have a dog. Oh, dog. I'm sorry. Um, I was wondering because you had answered you had no children, and I I heard dog. Right. Um, okay. When you first received the notice that you were going to be a juror or you could potentially be a juror, what was your first reaction to that? Surprise, um, and anxious, you know, obviously 
this is kind of, this is time consuming and obviously I have my this is civic duty also so uh, yeah those are some of the my first feelings that I had okay um, and then I think you subsequently learned that you could potentially be a juror in this case correct and how did that how did your feelings change or what was your feeling when you learned that I think the anxiety you know obviously the anxiety you know went up but um, I think in between I had a plan to travel internationally so I had to cancel my my um, you know I had to cancel my my flight and uh, I guess that's the only feeling that I had nothing really changed okay and and I also had that you know the fact that you know I understand that this is the case is very uh, something that a lot of people are interested in and uh, and the ability for me to you know to keep it for my wife and you know so those those things you know yeah mm-hmm. so you you said your anxiety kind of went up when you learned it was this case were you concerned about your personal safety no not at all it's just you know I, I think it's a big to you know I think it's a big thing to decide in the case you know so uh, just making sure that if you potentially uh, Selected that uh, you you make the right you know make the right decision. Yes. Okay. So you work. Um, I know you work in like information technology Correct. services, mm-hmm. and I believe we're trying to keep you as anonymous as we can. So don't say where you work or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I understand you to be in management. Correct. How many people do you manage? Eight people. Eight yeah. people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, can you think of a situation in your professional life where you have had to resolve a conflict between two of the people that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it happened all the time. Obviously, um, before I became a manager, I was an individual contributor myself. So, um, so the ability to... Well, the one thing that happens often with my team personally is my team is, first of all, is a globally distributed. So I have three folks in Minneapolis, some other people in other, other states as well. Um, so, um, conflict always, um, happen, especially with my team when it comes to making a decision about technology or a strategy to implement a specific project. Person A or B might have different perspective about how to go about making that decision. You know, just for instance, it, it, we, you know, we're talking about Zoom, so I'll use that example. You know, um, you know, person A might say, "Well, I wanna, I wanna use uh, another collaboration tools," and B might be, "Okay, I love Zoom." So making that conf- that decision and ensuring that you know the team is um, um, aligned with whatever decision you make and, and making sure that. If we decide not to go with person based opinion, it's nothing personal. I think that's some of those those conflicts that I have to deal with. Yeah. And so, if I kind of uh, to paraphrase what I think, um, you have you, you take take a look at the situation. You analyze both people's perspectives. You talk about it, and you then right. implement the appropriate decision. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And you understand in large part that that's. What you would be doing if you were selected as a juror in this in this case? I do. You, you would have to decide this case with eleven other people and twelve 
all 12 of you would have to agree either guilty or not guilty. You understand that? I do. And that um, have you in your management uh, experience, have those discussions ever become or those decision making processes, have they ever become heated? Yeah, but I mean, I think it's just natural. Sometimes it comes natural when people are passionate about the topic, you know, sometimes it just comes naturally. But I mean, I think for, for me, it's always important to um, make sure that my team understand that, you know, like I said earlier, that it's nothing personal. You know, you can have all this strong opinion about a specific topic, but at the end, we just want the best for my organization, my team, right? So, right. Okay. Um, so, in a different context of conflict, right, can you think of a situation either professionally or personally where you've had to decide which person is telling the truth? Well, I, I mean, I have. <laughs> uh, I mean, when person A come to me and say, this person have said this, and, you know, um, I think for me, I will listen to person A and then talk to person B and put both parties together and try to uh, resolve that conflict, right? And so I think it has happened to me. Okay. And so, and I understand the, the attempt to resolve that conflict, but how do you decide which of these people is telling the truth, right? What, what tools would you use to determine whether someone is telling the truth about a situation? I mean, you go with the fact. Um, go with um, um, evidence, I guess. <laughs> you know? um, and because sometimes that's the best way to go, right? Because people can say whatever they want, but I think at the end of the day, but, you know, based on fact, if, if person A say that person B stole my laptop at work, but the laptop was not stored by person B, then I mean, I will call, talk to both of them, and the fact doesn't support that argument, so. Okay. So in, if you were a juror in this case, for example, there, there may, you may hear wit, uh, excuse me, you may hear testimony from witnesses about the same event. They're looking at the same event. One person is saying A, and another person is saying B, how do you determine which is the more credible explanation? Well, I mean, I, I think um, I will go with um, the, the evidence that support the fact, right? And, you know, I, I know maybe I'm talking in circle here, but I mean, uh, uh, you know, it's either black or white, right? Or, or red or yellow. You know, it's, it's clear. So sometimes uh, we, the best way to resolve conflict or mis misunderstanding or is to go with what you have in front of you and and, and, and go with that. Right. So I think, and in, in, in maybe let me put it into perspective that you understand, because it's always hard to talk in the hypothetical. Right? Yeah. So you are um, you work in information technology, mm -hmm. and you have a project that you're working on, and there are two software programs potentially that resolve that problem, right? 
and person number one says, well, I think we should use Zoom, and person number two says, I think we should use Teams, mm -hmm. right? But they're both trying to resolve the same problem, mm -hmm. right? And so when you have those two circumstances, right, you have two potential resolutions or explanations, how do you analyze which is the best to fit that problem? So for, for us in technology, what we do for stuff like that is um, do a cost analysis, do risk, do, you know, what kind of benefit or feature those this type of technology are bringing to, you, to your team or added value, I should probably say, are bringing to your team. So um, then you look at both, I mean, uh, and compare and see the added value that this technology are bringing to your, to your organization or your business and, and you go with the one that, you know, uh, that works best for your organization. Excellent. Great. Thanks. Um, now, you were asked a series of questions or when you when you first came in here, the judge gave you some basic rules of law that apply in all criminal cases. Correct. And you were asked some questions about those rules of law um, and, and if you could follow them in this questionnaire. So one of the questions um, that I have for you is, if you um, would you be able to follow the law even if you think it should be different? If you disagree with the law? I would. So if Judge Cahill were to instruct you, this is the law, even if you disagree with it, do you think that you could follow that, that I'll, instruction? I'll follow the law. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions. I don't, shouldn't take too long about your questionnaire. Okay. And again, um, I, I'm not trying to trick you, um, you know, or take things out of context or anything. So you've obviously heard about the facts of this case, right? I mean, you want you've. Well, I don't. You, I don't know the fact about the case. Okay. You've seen the the social media video that went viral. Um, some of it. I tried to stay away from social media really, it, you know, way before. So some of it, and I, I would say mainly on TV. Okay. Yeah. So you've seen, you've never, have you ever gone and gone on the internet and watched the video that became, went viral in its entirety? What video? There are multiple videos. What video specifically? Okay. So that's part of what I want to talk about. Okay. So there is the video that was taken by a bystander and it was posted on Facebook or some other social media platform. I, I, I saw that. Okay. So you went on the internet. I didn't go on, on the internet. I think it was uh, somebody, either somebody showed me, uh, it pop up on my, because some of the, uh, you know, if you go to, I have Apple, Apple News Plus, so some of those things will show you some of those stuff. Yeah, I didn't go on the internet. So was that... So, I mean, like some of the news uh, feed, like, uh, I believe Apple, Apple News Plus, give you some of those feed. It's just like, you know, right. uh, CNN and MSNBC or Fox News, and then you can click and see the news of yeah. the day. Okay. So that's how it got on those things. So that particular video, have you watched that particular video in its entirety? Well... I only watch, I believe, whatever I got from the news. So I don't know if it was the, you know, the whole video. It, okay, that's that's kind of what I'm trying to correct, ask you because I don't know. And yeah, so that you may have seen 
parts or snippets or clips of a video, but those were a part of a news or media story. That's Correct. what you're saying? Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, got it. Yeah. But you never, after reading a news story, said, I wonder if there's more to this, and went on the internet and, and looked for the, in, the entire quote-unquote video. Correct. Okay. Um, and you, you obviously knew that this, be, this situation became pretty big news nationally, internationally, locally, obviously. Yes. And you've had conversations about the case with your friends. With my, my wife. Yeah. And your wife? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay. So the, the question, you're asked a question, from what you have seen, read, or heard, do you have a general impression of the defendant, in this case, Mr. Chauvin, and you checked somewhat negative, and you wrote, based on the video I saw on TV, but I also understand that I wasn't there and don't know what happened before the event. Correct. Right? Yeah. And would you stand by that statement today? I, I will. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I understand what you're saying in terms of you weren't there, you don't know what happened before, you don't know what happened after. Your opinion is somewhat based on this little bits that you've seen in the news. Mm -hmm. Right? Correct. But nevertheless, you had a somewhat negative perception of that. Agreed? Yeah. Opinion. Yep. I, I, you, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Is that correct. right? Yeah, correct. Okay. Um, and that's okay. You're human. You're going to have an opinion, right? The question is, can you set that opinion aside and focus on the evidence as it's presented in court and make a decision based on that, the information, the evidence, and not your opinion? Can you do that? Yeah, I think I can do that. I mean, and as you can see, my recollection for that question was, I mean, that was so long ago, but that reflects my value because I wasn't there. I saw, I mean, the part of the video that I saw was some, somewhat negative because of, you know, uh, what transpired on the video. So that's all I have. I don't know any other fact. So that's why I say some, 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 uh, what negative. And I, and I appreciate that. And I, I want to know, because you, you equivocated a little bit in terms of the question is, can you set aside that opinion? And you said, I think I can. But what we need to hear you say is, I can do that. I can do that. Okay. And I, I believe I, I'll be partial. Great. Partial or impartial? I'll, I'll be impartial. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had to, I had to <laughs> double check. <laughs> um. And you, you said that you had talked about, and I, I want to ask you about this. Have you ever talked about George Floyd's death with your family, friends, or coworkers, or discussed it online? And you checked yes. And you said your wife. Correct. Right? And you said, we talked about how it could have been me or anyone else. Can you explain that a little? Can you? I'm sorry. Can you, the last part of that sentence? Sure. We talked about how it could have been me, comma, or anyone else? I mean, anyone else. Me, uh, human, mm -hmm. can be any, it could be anybody. It could have been you. And so that's what I mean. And, uh, and for me, I also used to live not far from that area before 
when, when I first met my wife. So that's why I was like, it could have been me. So it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. So. The, um, do you have a perception or an opinion of the Minneapolis Police Department, just generally speaking? I do not. And have, do you have any experience uh, with law enforcement officers? I do not. You do or do not? I do not. Okay, good. Um, in terms of the uh, sort of aftermath and the, the rioting and protesting, and there's a distinction I understand, but you say that, um, ask for your opinion as to whether it was a negative or a positive impact, and you wrote that people in my community understand the protests but were not okay with the looting. Correct. How do you draw, what's the distinction, and can you just explain that a little bit more? Well, I mean... Um, I think a lot of my friends understand that, um, you know, people have the right to protest. And, but at the same time, people are concerned that, you know, businesses uh, have to shut down. My wife didn't make it to work because she worked in the North Loop uh, area. And, um, And the image, you know, I, you know, my dad called me and was asking if I was okay, you know. So I think that's what I was saying. Uh, I mean by that, right? People understand that, yeah. Everybody have the right to protest, just like how people protest. I mean, people, people protest in this country for every, for. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to go on and on, but, but so. I understand that the people have to voice their, their opinion for, you know, uh, how to feel about specific topic and, um, and that's their right. Um, it's just that the fact that people, are, a lot of businesses have to close and, and, and things like that. I think that's where I was coming from. I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I completely understand your sentiment. All right. Yeah. Um, you were asked uh, a couple of questions about um, the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and the Blue Lives Matter. Do you remember those questions generally? I don't remember what my response was, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, again, not trying to trick you. Uh-huh. And you, with respect to the Black Lives Matter, you checked the box that you viewed them somewhat favorably, and you wrote, "I think any lives matter." but black people's lives matter even more since they are marginal, marginalized. Correct. Okay. And you, you would agree with that now here today? Yes. Okay. And you also, in terms of Blue Lives Matter, found them to be somewhat favorable as well, and you wrote that you believe our cops need to be safe and feel safe to protect our community. Yeah. But, correct. Okay. And again, you would still stand by that proposition? I do. The last two questions I have for you is um, the last questions that you were asked, uh, ask, do you want to serve as a juror in this case? And you checked the box, yes. 
And why, when they asked you why, you said, it is a service to my community and the country. Correct. Um, how do you define that? What do you mean by that? I mean, I think it's a civic duty. I talked about it earlier and also believe that to make the justice system work, I think we need uh, people that are part of the community to, to sit as a juror. So. May I may have a moment, Your Honor? Mm -hmm. Your Honor, we'll pass the calls. Welcome back. So how did we do on our random acts of catering? Was it something that was acceptable? Or? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're being kind, I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Slisher, for the state. Juror number 27, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, they treated you okay at lunch? They did. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope it wasn't so good that you fall asleep during my questioning. I needed to follow up on a couple of uh, responses that you made uh, regarding your prior knowledge of the case. And I think uh, what you indicated was that you saw... Um, from the media reports that George Floyd had been arrested uh, and following an exchange with the cops and he was begging for his life. But you said that you don't know what happened before he was on the ground. And so I'm just wondering in terms of your, um, you know, what you're interested in learning, uh, how would before uh, what happened when George was on the ground affect your decision in this case? My opinion, you mean? Yeah, what 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 are you hoping to learn? What do you what are you hoping to learn about what well, happened? Well, I'm hoping to learn um, how he got to the ground, and um, and the one thing also that I I heard from the news report was that there were multiple. Officers around, right? Want to know why there was only one person on him? How many were calling? You know, and why was he arrested? I don't even know why. I think that's another. Those, are, I mean, I think it's important for me to to understand the fact that gold that went into his arrest, and um, and how he ended up dying. Okay. So. I also wanted to ask you if you know anyone, if you have a... Come on, don't close I think it's the other one. The other one? Yeah. Is that better? Okay. Okay. Let's try that. There. Uh, sir, I was wondering if you have a, any close friends or family members or someone you care about who's ever uh, struggled with illegal drugs. 
I do not. You do not. Do you have any opinions about people who may have used illegal drugs? I mean, I think, um, I mean, I, I, I think that's, it's a hard question. I mean, I, I think uh, people use illegal drugs for multiple reasons. I, I mean, athletes are using it. Um, people use it for recreational purposes. Uh, uh, it's legal in some state. So I think... Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't think my opinion matters really how I feel about it. And when I'm talking about illegal drugs, maybe I'll even say drugs uh, uh, not including marijuana, but harder drugs. Uh, oh, okay. Do you have any strong opinions one way or the other about the use of illegal drugs? I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I, I know that we all know the impact of appeared in you know and obviously um um i mean i it, it can impact people's life and, and mental health is there um, um so i i believe that us as a society we we need to look out for people uh, who are struggling with those yeah and how would you uh, look out for people who are struggling with the use of illegal drugs? How would you suggest that? Um, supporting them, caring. I mean, you know, the, uh, I mean, I'll give you one instance. You know, the, there is a one former basketball player. Um, I can't even remember his name. They used to play for the Dallas, um, um, the Mavericks, and. Struggling with drugs, addiction was found on the street by the owner, supporting him, put him in uh, rehab, and I think those are the support that we we should give them. That's something that you would agree with. Correct. Okay. Uh, you said in your questionnaire that uh, you believe that the police in your community make you feel safe. You said you strongly agree that the police in your community make you feel safe. Can you uh, tell us why they make you feel safe in your community? Well, I think in my community, um, um, I think the you know it, when there is a suspicious activity, the police will stop by. They will ask a question. Um, and, and I think that sense of security is all we want, right? We, we want to live in a community where we feel safe, and uh, regardless of uh, race, color, and gender, and and so, uh, yeah, I think that that's the basic reason why I, I said that they, feel, they make me feel safe. Yeah. Okay. And. Uh have you or a close friend or family member within your current community, the community you're living now, mm -hmm. have you had to call upon the police in your community to have them? No. No? Okay. But, I mean, I, I will say this. Personally, I have not. But I've seen, at least my neighborhood, I've seen the cops stop by and, and um, check up on them and, uh, a few times. And, and so I... I don't 
have any reason to believe that my community is unsafe. Okay. <laughs> That's what I should probably say. Sounds like you live in a pretty safe community. In the- I mean, for now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you also um, stated in, this, in the questionnaire that you strongly disagree with the concept of defunding the police. Can you um, explain that answer a little bit more thoroughly? Yeah, I mean, I think this is some of those uh, statements sometimes can be uh, seen political. I mean, I think everybody has their reason. That, and, and I believe in my opinion that um, while I'm, you know, I necessarily might not agree with the you know, police action in some situation, I, I believe that. In order for me to make for for the police to make my community safe, they have to have the right. They have to have the funds to. Yeah. So, and I think that I can understand why people say, "Well, defund the police," because they are upset about things that is are happening, and and I sympathize with that. But at the same time, if we want the police to support our community, you know, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you believe that you would be able to evaluate the testimony of a police officer in the same way you could evaluate testimony of, say, a bystander? I believe so. Okay. Uh, You would have no reason to favor one person's testimony over the other? No. Okay. Okay. I'm interested, again, not in the specific uh, location of your job, but just tell me what a, what do you do? What is a day like for you? When they say IT, I have a hard time uh, conceptualizing that. Yeah, I think we earlier we we were talking about me being a uh, people's manager. So, I mean, I, I would say it's a technical leadership role, right, when I have a team of engineers that report to me they, their role is to, enable our business and, and allow them to build application in the cloud securely um, to add value uh, to our customers. Mm-hmm. And so as a manager, I you know uh, make sure that my team is highly performing. They are you know building a uh, solution for, for the business. They uh, uh, and also making sure that I'm uh, Helping them grow personally and professionally. It's not just about them coming to work for me or for the company, but also making sure that, well, they, their career path also is very important and we want to see them succeed, whether it's with the current company or moving to another company and, and also, um, show empathy to them, right? I think those, those things are important because people come to work in today's, with, with COVID and people are working remote, you want to, engage with your team and, and, and ensure that, well, uh, whether they are go- going through personal stuff and or you want to show some sort of empathy and and, uh, and uh, make sure that you can relate to them. And so my role is not just managing them, but it's also, I, I always said this to my team, that I'm serving them, right? So I think that's my role. It's a, it, it sounds like you're working more with people than machines. So when I think of IT, I think of the computers, and I was not understanding so much the, 
you know, the technical aspect of your job? Because I, I thought it said that you were in IT security. Is that right? But it's it's uh, the, well, DevOps and cloud and security. So um, <laughs> being in IT doesn't mean that I, you know, have to be on, you know, with computer all the time, but it's about, in my role, it's about um, uh, creating solution that solve problem, right? So somebody, the person who makes Zoom, <laughs> it's not just about being on some computer and creating Zoom, but it's about thinking about what kind of collaboration tool I can provide to people to help them collaborate and be in the courtroom. So that's the type of role that I have. So I have a team of engineers that work for me with the blog application and in, in the cloud and um, enable an R&D uh, research and development team to build the application that not only reside on Prime, but also in the cloud and make, the, make sure that these applications are secure. That's where the security part comes in place, right? That include identity access management and uh, uh, um, security assessment and security audit and all this stuff, and as well as um, uh, making, so that's the, the technical side. And the other part is the people's manager side. Mm -hmm. Uh, I noticed uh, at the time that you answered your questionnaire, you said that you were off social media, right? I am. Yeah. And so with your IT and uh, IT security background, I was just wondering if you could tell us uh, why you're not on social media. It's a personal decision. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, everybody have the right to be on social media or not. I mean, there is a lot of things that are going on on social media. Um, you, uh, I closed my Facebook account. I, I don't even remember, <laughs> maybe almost 10 years ago. Um, so, I mean, it comes down to me being someone who likes security. I think it's for me, it's more about uh, ensuring that my personal information are secured. Ensuring, I'll give you one example. I close. My Facebook account, like I said, over ten, almost 10 years ago, I believe. And there was one day, a couple of years ago, I tried to see if I can log back into it. Somebody used my name, have a different picture there, for, for same first name, for same last name, same email. That's the reason right there. <laughs> I think I understand. Uh, if you would give me a moment, Your Honor. Uh, one more line of follow-up questions. Uh, you'd indicated in your survey that you believe that, or you somewhat agree with the proposition that maybe uh, accounts of police brutality are, are maybe overstated in the media. You remember answering that question? I, I don't remember. Can you mm -hmm. give me a recollection, please? So uh, the, the uh, question was whether or not you agree. I think that news reports about police brutality against racial minorities is only the tip of the iceberg. And you indicated that you somewhat disagree with that proposition. Do you recall that? 
Uh, well, I don't recall. But, well, I'll say this. I think. Uh, can you restate that question again? For me? Sure. You know, and I think the point of the question is whether or not you have any views that would suggest that uh, that media that the media exaggerates the amount of police brutality that may be out in society. I don't, I don't believe the media was doing that, but I do believe that sometimes you know, things that we see in the media is that uh, while people, I remember when the, you know, when this thing started, um, there were people from my church, for instance, that were going there, praying, giving food, those part of, that side of it was not showing, was not getting the coverage. So that's what I, I was trying to say now. Okay. Yeah. So, so it sounds like what you were pointing out is that what you see on the media oftentimes is the bad news and maybe not the good news? Sometimes, yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I have no further questions. Uh, thank you very much for thank your you. answers and candor today. Thank appreciate you. that. And uh, uh, we would pass for cause. Right. Sir 27, you will serve on this jury. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is uh, return to this courtroom or the deputies will escort you to the other courtroom on uh, 9 o'clock on March 29th. Okay. Now, having said that, we will probably give you a reminder in case things change as far as timing, uh, but we're pretty confident in that date and time. But we'll, we'll give you a reminder in any case. There, you have a letter with you that got you into the building? I do. Please keep that letter. Keep it safe and make sure you... Deputy will collect uh, the yellow lanyard from you when you leave today. Okay. You'll be reissued it when you come back. Thank you. Do you have any questions? No. Final reminder, you're not an investigator. You're not uh, to read media. Certainly don't watch these proceedings uh, preceding March 29th. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You can go with the deputy.